Welcome to the Audible Insights Podcast, brought to you by the Insights Association, the leading voice in market research, and hosted by David Paul, CEO of Engages, and an expert in research-driven messaging, content, and stories. Hi, everyone. This is David Paul, CEO of Engages, and welcome to another episode of the Audible Insights Podcast. We're coming to you live from the floor of the Corporate Researchers Conference by the Insights Association in Orlando. And on this episode, I'm talking with Bassem Mustafa, Director of Fan Insights for the Toronto Blue Jays. Bassem, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, David. So Director of Fan Insights definitely caught my attention as a title. I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to be really curious, especially sports fans. Tell us, uh, tell us what your work is like day to day. Sure. So when I uh, started this job about two seasons ago, we do seasons, not, uh, not years in the business, uh, I was invited in to basically build out a consumer insights function at the Toronto Blue Jays that's pretty similar to a consumer insights function at any larger business. And I remember my cover letter talking about what is the difference between a fan and a customer. And so in sports, it's very interesting because we have a lot of the inverse problems that I remember having when I was a research director at Gartner, which is we don't suffer for sample. We don't suffer for having to incentivize people to give us good feedback. We have to find a way to work around the passion and emotion that we get from fans in a way that is so over the top relative to if you're working in telecom or insurance or in financial services. And so really my role is trying to understand what is it that makes fans tick as customers and what are the things that we can do to bring people to the stadium, to the ballpark, outside of what's going on on the field which is uh, a trickier problem than one might think. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Well, needless to say, that's fascinating. I guess just to cut to the chase, what are some of the interesting challenges that you're specifically faced with today regarding to things that are, regarding things that are either going on inside the stadium, things that are competing for people's attention when they're at a game, things that are competing for people's attention outside of game time and getting them to the games and getting them to engage the way they used to. So sorry for the multi-part question, mm -hmm. but really just all in all, what, what are some of those challenges that, that you guys are running into and trying to solve today? Sure. Starting from a research perspective, I guess, given uh, where we are today, yeah. one of the, the really fascinating challenges is that we have a sandbox that we can look at every day, every game day, 81 home games in baseball, uh, which makes my life much more mm -hmm. interesting than uh, if I was working in football, I think. Um, but you realize very quickly that nothing is really comparable. So when we look at something like how effective was a bobblehead giveaway, and it's easy to come up uh, with a plan in the off season to say, well, we'll do one Friday with one and one Friday without one, and we'll, we'll see how things go. And then the season comes around, you realize that one day you're playing the Yankees, which were a big draw, and one day you're playing a team that's, that's not a big draw, and they've come out of a losing streak or into a winning streak, or a player's injured or not injured. Which or you can't control in advance. Or it's raining outside or not raining outside. Uh, and so it becomes yeah. both a consumer insights research problem and you have to bring in some big data analytics to try and normalize out those external factors. Broadly speaking, there's a lot of talk in the industry about how we're competing in a way with ourselves, the, the, the rise of streaming, the 
StatsCast broadcasts on, on ESPN these days, mm. uh, having your cell phone all the time, do you need to be at the game to be at the game? Mm -hmm. And what can you do from an in-game experience perspective to create something that is irrepla irreplaceable for most fans? Mm -hmm. is, is your primary function to get people to show up to those 81 home games and have the best possible experience, or is your objective more holistic for uh, the Blue Jays overall to have fans uh, engaged, watching games, participating, whether or not they're on site at the stadium, or is there some kind of a, a percentage split there on, on your focus? I would go with percentage split. We're a bit of a unique team in that we have the entire country of Canada as our marketing territory, which most other teams don't have. Mm -hmm. So there's always a bit of a balance between the people that are in the stadium, the people that are in the area that we want to be in the stadium, and people who are passionate fans that are unlikely to be able to come to the stadium uh, at best more than once a year because they're traveling from across the country. Mm -hmm. The role is pretty interesting for me having seen a lot of other insights functions throughout various industries about where we're sitting. And I live in our business strategy and analytics department as opposed to sitting in a marketing department or in a finance department. And so we really work throughout the business to think about the fan experience from a ticketing perspective. What are the, the right products? What are the right benefits for season ticket members to concessions, to looking at fan services and the importance of customer service in the stadium and the impact on the overall experience mm -hmm. and sort of going through the entire end-to-end -end experience and thinking about where there are places that we need to understand more about our fans so that we can provide them with a better and more standout experience. Yeah, and there's really no other place that puts that many warm bodies in one location consistently over and over and over again. Maybe large arena musical acts, but those are that's only the upper echelon. You guys are doing it 81 times a year every year, as are all of your corner, uh, counterparts across the league. So what are some of the things that you're working on for that in-stadium experience that you're learning about that are maybe changing these days with other technologies or distractions? And wh what has your research allowed you to learn? And what are the things, some of the things that you're doing uh, to, to either mitigate that or, or lean into that to the degree that you really are, are able to talk about it? Sure, it's a, it's a big question. I mean, the easy thing to learn uh, immediately is that winning cures all your, your, your ills. Uh, and again, that's not something that we can control. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential in leveraging some of that technology that sometimes can keep people away from the stadium, but bring them in and introduce new people to sport. And so thinking about augmented reality, uh, the ability to pick up your phone and take a picture of what's going on in the field and have an overlay of who that player is and, and what their game in-game stats are that day. Cool. I think we're trying to s investigate a lot of the ways in which people relate to things like food and transit in their day-to-day -day lives and see what appetite there is to bring that into the stadium, whether that's ordering kiosks where, as you have at McDonald's or at Tim Hortons um, or the sort of collect and go that you're seeing from convenience stores, Walmarts, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the opportunity for us to bring that into the stadium to make it feel like a modern experience? 
and it's difficult, particularly in baseball, because there is so much inertia around traditionalism in the experience itself, in the game. And so trying to find that right balance of the fans that come to the game to say, I don't want anything fancy. I don't care about any of the things that you're doing. I just want a good sight line to the field and recognizing that experience and emotion is so important to so many other people who want to see the game as a backdrop to interacting with their friends and family or recognizing that segmentation becomes really interesting because it's so contextual of, yes, today I came with my family, but tomorrow I'm coming with my old college buddies, and certainly that's not going to be the same experience for me. Right. And how do we know that, and how can we prepare for that as a, as a stadium? Yeah, and even traditionalism, like you know, getting up at the same time every game, standing online and getting that beer and that hot dog, things like that really can't be trivialized because that's just part of the ritual for so many people, right? Absolutely. And I would say I'm new to this role and sort of generally speaking, I think sports are a little bit behind when it comes to the idea of, of true consumer insights work. Certainly every stadium or every team is sending out a, a post-game survey about how was your experience. Yeah. Um, and it's really driven by the data that we have. And we do have really rich data around ticket buying histories and concessions, purchases and things like that but recognizing that sport is so emotional and so ingrained in identity for people. I think there's a really interesting behavioral science side to things and behavioral economics side to things mm. where inherently you can make an argument that being a fan of anything is hugely irrational. Mm -hmm. And how can we as, as marketers or researchers think about that in a way that works for our businesses and works for the fans that we're trying to serve. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, before I let you go, since you are relatively new to the role, can you give us one key aha or learning that you've had so far in this role that's either changed your perspective or maybe busted a preconceived notion just to encourage other people to, to keep an open mind and keep their eyes and ears open for maybe things they don't already understand? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think uh, a small example of something that we did in the stadium was uh, trying to break down the perceived notions of what we think our fans want and what our diehard fans in particular want. And so a small example, we in Toronto have a domed stadium, uh, retractable roof, however, and we've never had the roof closed due to so-called good weather in the summer. We had a weekend where we had a heat warning in effect. People were, were literally dying in Toronto due to heat. And we said, we can't, we can't keep that roof open, can we? Uh, and, and there was an organizational assumption that, no, our, our fans are going to lose their minds if they come to a game in the summer and suddenly the roof is closed. And we were able to do some quick research and ask people what they thought. And the first surprise was, huh, more than half of people are telling us that that's not really going to influence their decision one way or the other. Yeah. And then the day after, we were able to go back to that group and say, how did you feel about it? And the overwhelming feedback was, was positive. Yeah. And when you start hearing stories about, yeah, it was my grandmother's 90th birthday, and we brought her to the stadium, you say, yeah, that was, that was a good idea. Good thing the roof was closed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, and you talk about behavioral science, behavioral economics. That, I mean, that really does go both ways, right? It's all the, all the biases that are inside an organization that, that cause us to make snap judgments and potentially false decisions. So because we're all human and we're all susceptible to it, 
uh, that's a big part of my world and my work and I think it's equally important to turn that that spotlight on ourselves when we're making decisions, making assumptions, and crafting research as it is when we're looking at it from our participant side. Absolutely, and I think the the quote of, of the conference that I've been hearing is that line about fascinating. Tell me more uh, whenever you hear anything, and, and when dealing with fans, it's certainly true because there's an initial defensiveness of what people think the experience should be or was in the past, and trying to get through the ideas of, well, why aren't you receptive to something new that we're trying or a change that we want to make and really using some of those research methods to, to get under the skin and into the heads of people as to why is it so important that it is the way it's always been to you. Yeah. And then you can really uncover some powerful things around emotion, fandom, relationships, identity, and so on. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Well, Bossom, thanks so much for giving us a little bit of your time. Um, like I said, your job description is curious. Uh, I'm sure your work is, is interesting and fascinating to a lot of people. I'm sure day-to-day -to, -day to you, it's often work, just work. But um, uh, it sounds like you've got yourself a pretty interesting gig, and you get to do some some fun things. So listen, I, I had season tickets before I uh, before I got the job, so I'm so, still so uh, you're still a, a Jays fan. So you're a fan, and, and now you and now you get to operate at a whole different level. That's exciting. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's really fun. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. You can find all our episodes by searching Audible Insights on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play and by visiting insightsassociation.org audible. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.